0: The O3C Podcast is a proud member of the HyperX Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of the O3C Podcast coming to you from O3C Games. My name's Jonathan Dunn and I'm joined by Chris Dow
1: For
2: the artists among us.
0: And Minty Booth.
2: Authentically and actually topless.
0: And we are chatting about our very favourite video games... announcement announcement if you haven't skipped forward 30 seconds already please do consider checking our patreon page out we're really hoping that we can continue making this show after the end of this season but honestly with growing demands on our lives and times without a little bit of support from you lovely listeners we're thinking we may struggle to keep it going not trying to guilt trip you at all but if you've been enjoying this show then it would be hugely appreciated if you hopped over to patreon.com slash o3c games and considered chucking us something even so small as four quid a month that's a pound an episode and it would go a long way There are great perks to be had as well, like deleted scenes and outtakes, full bonus episodes, including a full Steam Deck special with me and Chris that is coming very, very soon. There's also bonus video content, and you get to join us on our Patreon-exclusive Discord server. If subscribing isn't your bag, which is absolutely fine, then we also have a one-off PayPal donation button on our website, o 3 support So once you're done reading our amazing articles, reviews, and think pieces, watching our amazing video content, and browsing through the archives of our amazing podcast on that very website, why not pop over to the support page and fling some coffers our way? So, we're here again to amend our top 100 favourite video games of all time lists. Three seasons wasn't enough, so we're going back through and inserting the games that we've played since we decided those many, many years ago. We're doing one episode at a time, and it's Chris's week. So this week, Chris is going to be telling us what game is going into his list, and what game he's going to have to take out to make room for that. I can't wait to find out what that is. But before we do that, we're going to chat about what we've been playing this week. So Chris, why don't you kick us off with your gaming activity over the
1: last seven days, approximately? (laughs) I'd love to. As you have already alluded to, Mr. Dunn, this week, after months and months and months of waiting, I finally received my own Steam Deck. Whee! (laughs) i think it would be really easy for me to get quite bogged down with the technical detail of why this is such an exciting piece of hardware for me and so i I fully support your proposal at the head of this episode to record a separate conversation about the steam deck that we can propagate out to patreon subscribers in the near future because that way at least those who really don't care about tweaking frame rates and linux wrappers and input methods and god knows what else this thing does won't be subjected to 40 minutes of my waffle on a regular episode. (laughs) Yeah. So instead, as my first kind of not quite weeks review, it's a really incredible machine, but it is really worth saying that this is not a Switch. It's not a PlayStation. It's not an Xbox. And anybody who plays games for the simplicity of those platforms may not enjoy the work required to really get the most out of this handheld machine because it is a PC and it's a PC that runs an unfamiliar operating system to most people at least. And I think the biggest caveat to enjoying the Steam Deck is understanding that sometimes things won't work as you may have expected or might have hoped. But also knowing that the machine telling you no, isn't the same cut and shut no that it would be on a traditional console. And as I'll kind of go through in a minute, this week, probably nine times out of 10, at least for me, as a perpetual tinkerer, coming across something that has proclaimed this won't work on the Steam Deck, actually has the kind of invisible suffix, unless you do a bit of extra work, which I have gladly embraced <laughs> because I, I really love I love fixing things like that. I really love fixing technology and software. I don't know why. I don't know why I get such a kick out of making things happen that I've been told shouldn't. It's just something I quite the enjoy. the
0: anarchist in you, Chris, coming out.
1: <laughs> so here is a very quick list of games that I've played on the Steam Deck this week. Uh, I'm not going to say much about the games themselves, because a lot of these will be kind of ones that people recognize. But in each case, I'll give a brief mention of what the supported status was that Valve badged the game with each time, because I think it is interesting to hear all these games that are potentially unsupported or unknown actually work fine. So Halo, the Master Chief Collection outright says unsupported. But after doing some digging and little work, it runs absolutely perfectly as long as you don't intend to play online because it's the anti-cheat software that's actually the thing that's unsupported. So if you're not playing multiplayer, if you just want to play the 50,000 single player levels in that thing, you're golden. No problem. Resident Evil 4, even with the ridiculous HD texture pack that took that small team 50 years to finish, it says it's playable. And yeah, I haven't had a single hitch yet, even with those mods put in. Works fine.
0: Have you shit yourself yet?
1: Oh, I only played the first like ten minutes. I've done that bit enough over the years that that doesn't phase me anymore. <laughs> it's it's the unknown of that game I can't handle. <laughs> <laughs> Next on the list, Contra Rogue Core wasn't a very good game when it came out, but it's oh, in my yeah. Steam library. It says it's unsupported. I installed it anyway. Runs perfectly. Not a single glitch. Not a single problem. The old mobile game, One Billion, if you remember that, it's playable according to Valve, uh, but mentions that there might be resolution issues. And again not in my experience it comes across as as native resolution touchscreen works great not a problem batman arkham asylum says it's unsupported and this did take quite a bit of fiddling to get going but lo and behold it now runs flawlessly brilliant the only issue with this one is that i can't actually work backwards to find out what i did to fix it because i was throwing <laughs> so many things at the sort of the pool you know just chucking ingredients in the soup and then eventually on one of the times i tried to boot it there it was and it's been fine ever since So I am interested to know, even though it now works, I'd like to know why.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to know why as well, because it is one that I really wanted to play (laughs) on my Steam Deck. So I'm waiting for you to figure that out. I
1: played Bomb Club Deluxe and Insane Aquarium Deluxe, a Minty Booth 2-pack. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Nice. Both games are listed as unknown in status and both run absolutely fine. Either with a simulated mouse on the trackpads or, or using the touchscreen itself, it's all good. I was interested to see if things that ran in weird engines would still work on on the Steam Deck as well. So I installed the original Flash-based Binding of Isaac. It said it was playable and it runs great. You know, the only thing here is that the keys did need a bit of remapping to bring it in line with kind of the rebirth controls. But again, five minutes of work. There's a game for you to play. I checked out. The fan-made remaster of the original Deus Ex, which is subtitled Revision, which is like a free mod you can install just from Steam. This was listed as unknown, and again, runs perfectly. It did take quite a long time to get the full keyboard worth of bindings to feel decent on the handheld. But you have to remember that this is a device that has a full suite of regular buttons. It's got gyro aiming and controls. It's got double capacitive trackpads. It's got a touchscreen. It's got four configurable back triggers. You know, if you can think of a button solution, you can make it happen. It's The That's options absurd. here are, are truly insane. Yeah. Absolutely absurd. Pissing in buttons. Uh, the original Kane and Lynch says it's unsupported. But again, by swapping out the odd file to remove the Games for Windows Live login component, because it was one of those early kind of uh, Windows, Xbox 360 kind of crossover titles, and that's been phased out a long time ago, now runs great. And I knew I'd probably need to do that, because when I installed it on my laptop, I had to do the same thing, and that was on a regular Windows machine. So again, not a problem. If you want to play it, there it is. And finally, the OG Unreal Tournament has oh, a big question wow. mark on the store page, but it runs great. (laughs) Absolutely perfect. 60 frames a second, full resolution of the screen. It's bananas. It's absolutely bananas. What I've really been trying to do is pick over a selection of games in this first few days from different eras, you know, and, and considering AAA all the way down to kind of one man indie studios, like new games, ancient games, whatever. And I just want to see what the limits of this thing are at present. And, I don't think it really has any. <laughs> like the nature of the community around this sort of thing. And in addition to that, it's properly bolstered because of the strange cult of personality that surrounds Valve as a company. And it means that the Steam Deck will probably work with almost anything you throw in it for the next few years, at least. Like all new releases will run in some capacity. And by that time, I imagine we'll start to see new revisions of this hardware anyway to keep up with kind of ongoing tech advancement and current gen console gaming. It feels insane that the Steam library is like 20,000, 30,000 games deep at this point. Just a dumb amount of stuff on there. And a lot of it is going to be old Tosh and Cobblers because they kind of dropped the whole quality assurance thing quite a few years ago now. But just the amount of stuff there, the amount of gaming history that is available is just insane. And I can't get over the fact that this is a machine that is not running Windows. It's converting Windows executables and binaries on the fly to run under Linux with basically no performance penalty. And I, I, I can't fathom how this is working. <laughs> I don't understand how it's possible to do that without any hit to anything, it feels like. It's just absolute witchcraft. I've not even touched emulation yet. And yet, I know performance-wise, it's not going to be that far behind my gaming laptop, if yeah. we am being honest, because it's got a lower resolution screen. The big thing to remember is you're, you're pushing a kind of 800p visual out as opposed to a 1080. And as much as the numbers sound quite close, the, the jump between 720 and 1080 is almost double in terms of the actual pixels being spat out. So with that in mind, things just fly. They absolutely fly. I've dabbled with adding some non-Steam games to the library as well. And I haven't done a lot of that, but from extremely initial testing, many of them will work absolutely fine, but they do require a bit of extra legwork versus the stuff sold natively on Steam. So in terms of that, everyone's mileage is going to vary, but it's not a write-off. You know, (laughs) if you have an old game on a disc, if you can get the files off the disc, you can probably make it work. And basically for me, it's just a hugely exciting thing to receive just before a five and a half week summer holiday, truly.
0: Oh, man. So
1: I'm (laughs) going to be a a busy, busy boy for for the next month (laughs) and a half. I'm very excited. Brilliant, Minty. What has your
0: gaming week consisted of?
2: I've been playing a few different games and closed the door on playing some others. There, yesterday I traded in Rune Factory Five because I didn't oh. really like it. Sadly, found it quite uninteresting. Yeah, so there we That's go. A shame. So yeah, I traded that in and. I uh, also treated in that Super Mario All-Stars thing as well to get enough credit for Digimon Survive later this month. Played a little bit of Dark Souls as well, uh, which you might oh, have yeah. already seen on our YouTube channel. Topped and tailed with boss fights. I beat the Taurus Demon. Well done. I think the game beat the Taurus Demon for me by making it jump off a bridge.
0: <laughs> so I've never been able to get it to do that. Oh, Okay. Yeah, that is harder to do. <laughs> I know you didn't do it deliberately. Are you supposed
1: to be able to bait him off?
0: Yeah, there's there's a few bosses you can do that sort of thing with.
2: Yeah. All right, well, there we go. I'll take that if, if it's meant to be harder to do that. And then I meant to do it, let's say. Let's, let's... <laughs> yeah, so we beat the Taurus demon. i just worked my way through uh, the rest of the undead burg. I'm on the top of a roof now, and I'm trying to fight two gargoyles at the same time. It's hard. It's hard. It's it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a tricky game, but it, you know it is fun.
0: You're doing brilliantly.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping it gets to a point where I assume you can, like, you can get much stronger weapons than the one you start with, as opposed to just having to upgrade it throughout the whole game. Even at this early stage in the game, I'm just I'm shaving off enemies' health like Parmesan cheese. <laughs> like, oh, I want to get to a point where I can, you know, take something out in just a couple of hits i, I don't know if that will come i don't know i don't really know I
0: mean, it's, it's about honestly it's, it's about exploring different ones really and i mean the way you've plumbed all of your xp points into optimizing the one that you've got in terms of like you put it all into decks yes so you've, you've kind of narrowed your options a little bit because in order to wield stronger weapons you're going to need your strength attributes raised uh, but you because you put it into decks, it means that you're sort of going to be using the slightly weaker but faster weapons, but there's always loads within that like I think you picked up the halberd. I think that's got a slight strength requirement in addition to sort of scaling with with your deck stat. But that was the one, like, I was just like, this is perfect for me. And I just upgraded it and augmented it throughout the game and used it all the way till the end.
2: All right. Well, there we go. Maybe next time I pick it up, I'll grind some souls and upgrade my strength stat as well to wield a big old axe on the end of a stick. Yeah. Oh, whatever a halberd is. That's a pole axe, isn't it? Uh, anywho, um, what else have I been playing? Chugging along with uh, Discy 5 as well. Grinding hard, jumping into items, continuing to be flawed by every single individual line delivery. <laughs> as the Switch is the complete version, I've got some DLC campaigns to play through, which I'm excited to get started on as well. Yeah, so it's been, it's been a week of tricky games for me, which is probably why I have been playing Freshly Frosted as well. What is that? Oh, well, Freshly Frosted. It is a very hard puzzle game. Oh. You know games like Minesweeper Genius and I guess Choo Choo Rocket? These games that are based on grids and you have to get from one end to the other without hitting a mine or maybe a cat. I don't know anything about Choo Choo Rocket. I've just seen the mice go in a direction, and it's you can change game. the direction. I really love it. It's very good. <laughs> is that what it is, though? You you make but mice go much, somewhere? Yeah. Okay. yeah. So it's like that, but instead of guiding mice to a rocket ship, you're guiding a freshly baked but very plain donut towards a delivery hatch. Now, you have to create the conveyor belt... So that it passes some different sort of frosting machines on the way to the delivery hatch. Right? So there's one that glazes it, there's one that gives it sprinkles, there's one that gives it cream, there's one that gives it fruit, etc., and so on. And you have to figure out the best path to get all of these toppings onto your donut in order, and the correct toppings, mind you, before it gets to the delivery hatch. It sounds simple, but it's very, very difficult. It's not just a case of being like, oh, when it comes to things like dark souls part of the difficulty is is getting to grips with the controls with the timings and everything but with this game it's just here is everything that you need to succeed but it's purely up to your own brain power to actually succeed in a level and they do get really really tricky like you're just making a conveyor belt that goes from one end to the other and puts ingredients onto a donut. It shouldn't be as difficult as it is, and it shouldn't be as compelling as it is, to be honest with you, but it's like donuts themselves. It's incredibly moorish. I think it only came out last month, but it's garners a lot of critical acclaim, and it's not hard to see why. It's 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 a very simple game to play with a wild difficulty curve, and it's got that really nice sort of cloudy pastely aesthetic and the narrator yeah it's a bit like a cloud (laughs) and the narrator is i assume she's human but she sounds like a sleepy woodland creature and (laughs) that's that's just an aesthetic that i like so whenever you beat the level it's like great yay each level pack is a box of donuts and the first few level packs that i've played are based on the seasons so every box has 12 donuts in it and for every donut you'll get a little a little introduction with, with saying like oh i've never had a cold donut but i don't think i'd want one in the autumn it's more of a summery treat it has no bearing on the it's, it, it doesn't act like a tutorial or anything it's more just or just like gentle donut chat, ASMR donut chat, and it, it's really very, very nice. If you like a tricky puzzler, definitely pick it up. It's 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 really great. Are you playing it on mobile? I am playing. Well, I, technically, yes, I'm playing it on the Switch.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> anything can be mobile if you take a big battery with you.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> if I just put a TV on a skateboard, my PS5 is pretty mobile. <laughs> There we go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's cool. That that sounds like my sort of thing. I just, I, I like puzzle games. I could probably get really into that.
0: So as for me this week, I have been playing a series of niche Binding of Isaac adjacent games. I've been, well, I haven't even been playing them. I've just been, been watching them really. I've been watching the sleeping of Isaac. I've been watching the cuddling of Isaac and I've been watching the feeding of Isaac. What? <laughs> They're not actually games. But oh. I've, I've, uh, <laughs> my sister-in-law has a little baby boy called Isaac. Uh, so I've become an uncle for the first time. And I've very much enjoyed seeing him in pictures and on FaceTime because he is delightfully gorgeous.
1: Congratulations to you and to your sister-in-law.
0: Yeah, it's lovely. Lovely, lovely, lovely. So aside from cooing over my new baby nephew, my week has been very similar to last week, uh, gaming wise. Whereby I've been playing enormous amounts of Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. Uh, Not a huge amount to report, but I'm hunting bigger, harder monsters to make bigger, harder weapons, and I'm trying to perfect my build with all manner of other little bits and bobs. Me and Casper have been doing plenty of questing still, which is great fun, although we have sort of noticed a growing problem, which is basically resulting in a bit of an admin job to check the stats of the players that join our quests (laughs) to see if they're suitably prepped for the quest. Yeah. If the quest is obviously to take out, like, a massive electric monster, it will say it, like, in the title. It's just like, oh, Nawa, the thunder god, or whatever. It's like, okay, I'm going to make sure I've got a hefty amount of thunder resistance in my build. And somebody rocks up with, like, no thunder resistance, or, like, minus eight. You know, it's like, they're almost certainly going to faint at some point and cost us all. So we vet people when they join and just kick them immediately if they don't look like they're ready for the fight. It basically meant that it's just two of us playing most of the time. And honestly, I've I've employed a similar setup when I'm just playing on my own if Casper's not online. Um, so even though it means that there's a bit of a faff to deal with, to be honest, like my quests are always successful because I'm managing them properly. It's a big head. Uh, but it has meant that... Well, it's just, (laughs) it's just annoying. Like sometimes you could be 30, 40 minutes into a quest and then some absolute dickhead comes in who's just like not prepared and just gets killed three times and it's game over for all of us and you've just lost an hour of your life. That's the thing that I resent. It's the time. You know, I've got an hourly rate (laughs) um, and these people don't send me an address to send an invoice to. So get out. Exactly. But we are hoping to find some other actual people to play with. We've both got some other friends who are playing, so we're going to try and sort of liaise on some of the harder quests where like, you really couldn't just do it with two of you. So we can hopefully have a, a really good, solid squad to take on some of the later missions, which is just an exciting prospect and continues to be brilliant. And I don't really want to play anything else, which is why I, I really haven't. Apart from on my phone, where I have continued to play Grindstone, Last week, I think I'd hit a bit of a roadblock, but I've managed to push through that because there was, there was a couple of missions that were really sort of petting my peeves. But through experimenting with some of the other weapons and equipment you can use, I found solutions. So I've unlocked this really, really good weapon, which is quite the game changer. Like it, it's not like a regenerative weapon that just charges between levels so you do need to sort of repair it with the resources that you've got when you use it but it basically allows you to start a chain with a starting number of five at the start, okay. So it means you can get a grindstone with essentially just a chain of five, and that's sometimes exactly what you need to break a bit of a deadlock in a level to like just get a grindstone on the board, and it sort of opens everything up, snowballs into a victory. So that's been great, and I'm now on level 180. Well done. So I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting there Uh, and it's been quite nice to sort of dabble in some of the other weapons and gear in the game which I'd sort of resisted before because they cost materials to craft and use but like I've got like hundreds and thousands of resources that have literally got no other use but I think it's sort of just ingrained in me uh, through playing freemium mobile games that opening that door will lead to actual real life resource spending and paying into the game, which which isn't even an option because it's an Apple Arcade game. So, you know, there's nothing, <laughs> you, you can't do that. I just need to sort of just get it into my head that actually, no, this is how the game's meant to be played. And, you know, if you need more materials in the game, you just have to play some more levels to get them. So I'm, I'm glad that I'm sort of fully enjoying the game once again, after sort of hitting that little bit of a, a stumbling point. And, I can't see why I'm not going to continue to enjoy the game until I hit the next roadblock, and then probably try something different to to get past that. And I think I'm I'm quite determined to beat all of the levels now. Be I
1: think a real uh, a real achievement.
0: Yeah, I mean it's still I mean, even though like I've I've hundred percented. All 180 levels that I've, I've gone through, plus all of the bonus ones that I've unlocked along the way, but it still feels like there's a long way to go. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure I'll get there. You know, just grinding out one stone at a time, and that's that's really it. I, I am I'm I'm hoping that I can get back to my Steam Deck at some point, especially now you've got yours, Chris. Yes. And we can you know compare notes. You can teach me all of your tinkering tricks <laughs> to get stuff running that I'd obviously sort of abandoned hope a little bit of playing. But like Sunbreak is just so good and it's certainly going to see me up until the release of Xenoblade and then I'm sure that'll probably keep me going for over a hundred hours. It's too many games. Too many games. There's too many of them. Yeah. and, And too many of them are too fucking huge. Too big, too good, too many. So Chris, do you want to tell us what your amendment is? These are like our penultimate amendments now, aren't they? Yes,
1: yeah, penultimate yeah, yeah they are. amendment yeah. episodes before a, a nice little refresh yeah. of the whole list, I guess, to decide where everything sits in finality.
0: I've got so many games to squeeze into the next two episodes of my, my allotment. <laughs> gird, gird your loins for those. But for now,
1: gird your loin for Chris. Hello. Over to you. <laughs> this entry today has the potential to be quite short and sweet because Limbo currently sits at number 17 in my list. And when I spoke about Limbo on the show, I spent the majority of the entry just talking about its relationship to its pseudo-sequel, Inside. (laughs) And today's game is Inside, and Limbo is going to be leaving to make way for its sibling. When we cast our lists into iron, when we chiseled them into stone, (laughs) I had played Limbo, but I hadn't played Inside. And by the time I came to talk about Limbo, I had played Inside and was almost frustrated that it wasn't the game entering my list. Yeah. And it wasn't that Limbo was bad or subpar in any way. Like, in fact, I'd recommend anyone with a PC or an Xbox 360 or a Vita or a Switch or a PS4 or a smartphone or God knows what else, pause the show right now and sit down and play Limbo if you haven't already. It's a 10 out of 10 game. It's accessible on basically every device for a few quid. And it can be beaten in three or four hours. Just just go and play it. It's worth doing. But it's not Inside. And Inside takes all of what makes Limbo such a modern classic and then buffs and refines it to like a mirror sheen. The minimalist art of Limbo, its stark, soupy, black and white aesthetic was one of the most standout features at release. And yet Inside, by adding just a touch more realism and subtle glances of colour to its still stylized art and world is head and shoulders over its forebear's presentation. The amount of times I'd stop and just look around the areas of Inside, like observing the way that light caught dust in the air, the way that shadows cloaked sections of the stage, the way that little pieces of environmental detritus told more of Inside's story. Every element of Limbo has been improved here, like tenfold. The trial and error platform design of Limbo, with its clear lineage from Prince of Persia to Another World to Flashback to the 2D world games all those set-piece-based cinematic platformers had been studied to make Limbo feel just right. Each dramatic piece of punctuation in Limbo had been played and replayed to make Escape feel tight and earned, like you had just managed to get away from an enemy or an encounter or a set-piece. But to go back and play Limbo post having played Inside, it feels positively clunky, like almost archaic in places, (laughs) because the level of polish in Inside is almost unreal. Like every sort of scripted or semi-scripted moment is balanced so perfectly. And just this idea, again, that that they're taking something that was already great and somehow making it about 10 times better. The story and conclusion of Limbo as well, which of course I won't spoil because I think you should play these games. It uses abstract, the very visual representations of, of common fears and phobias to paint its purgatorial landscape and, and the denizens within it. And it worked so well for the narrative of that game. And yet again, was blown out of the water by the way that Inside (laughs) actually moved away from kind of complete abstraction and metaphor into something, I guess, a bit more filmic. Often horror films feel creepier when the threat isn't seen. So we think of things like uh, the first two thirds of signs or the majority of the original Alien. And Limbo, I think, tried to follow that format by hiding things in shadow. But in Inside, despite the threat being expanded to the entire world and and the machinations of people you never see, hear or interact with directly, it's much more unsettling. So it turns that idea on its head, whereas Limbo was trying to hide things and making you feel fearful of what you couldn't see. Inside just says, this is the world you're in and it is horrendous (laughs) (laughs) and you're just going to have to deal with it. You know, things are happening in this place that you are never given the tools to fully understand, even at its conclusion. And yet there's something about this restriction of knowledge that makes everything feel almost infinitely more unpleasant. It's a very, very unsettling game. Again, no spoilers, but the ending of Limbo had me sit silently for quite some time because there's a subversion of its own game rules in Limbo's final moment that struck me totally off guard and left my throat sort of choked up, a bit like when I watch a film that could have made me cry, didn't quite, but still sort of took my voice away. Whereas inside, by extension, made me feel like I'd been punched in the gut, (laughs) like a, a, a weighty truck of an impact, like completely disarming, completely debilitating. And in trying to talk about it, even to those who had also experienced it too, it felt almost impossible to truly get out how affecting the game's final half hour had been. And it's because of the combination of everything I've already mentioned, plus the sound design, the animation, like everything is just so impeccable and i find it incredible as well that the sheer scalability of the project is just perfectly pitched so inside looks just as good on a phone on the switch's portable screen or on a 4k display it's an absolute piece of art just a masterpiece really to add on top of that that it's one of the best feeling games i've ever played one of the most gripping stories i guess in a game i've ever played it's very very strong <laughs> it's it's a game of loud and soft it's a game about weight of just really meticulous pacing And the fact that it's able to tell sort of this micro story of survival of your character, as well as a a macro story of societal horror, all at the same time, it's amazing. When you finish Limbo on your device of choice, immediately go and get inside and play it and love it. Because it is an absolutely breathtaking thing. Really, really is great. As I mentioned at the top, it's replacing Limbo on the list, obviously. But it's also going to move up the list in turn because 17 is too low for this game. It's too low. As the list stands at the moment, I'm going to shuffle Sonic 3 and Knuckles down a step so that Inside, at present, is sitting at number 10. It could have gone higher, but it's not a game I have the metal to endlessly replay, like Warrior Wear or Lumines, because it's heavy going and it takes it out of you. And as much as it's only maybe five hours long, it feels like you're consumed by its world for way, way longer. But it is one of the very best games I've ever played. And it's frequently reduced on most storefronts down to a couple quid. And I don't think pound for pound, there are many better ways to spend that money. You can pick up inside for about three pounds, three pounds, 300 English pennies or so. And to be able to experience something of this gravity for that is uh, unreal value. So please, please go and buy it. (laughs) But yeah, number 10 is where it sits at the moment. And that's it. It's our first top 10 game, isn't it? Well, there we go. First top tenner.
0: So there we go. That was Chris's latest amendment and it was...
1: Inside.
0: If you've enjoyed being inside Chris Dow, then (laughs) there's a number you can call for support. If you've enjoyed this episode or if indeed you've enjoyed any of our episodes, please do review the podcast on your podcast platform that you're listening to it on and share the podcast on your social media platforms. That would be a great way to help us get more listeners in. You can engage with us on our social media platforms as well, at O3C Games on pretty much everything. You can check out our website, o3c.games. There's our Patreon, patreon.com slash o 3 c games And there's the support page on our website as well. If you want to get even more involved in what we're doing, we'd be very much appreciative of that. You can reach out to us individually as well. I'm on Twitter at Jonathan Dunn.
2: I am at Chaz underscore Hodges. I'm Clarence Underscore,
0: And please do join us next week where I will be giving you my penultimate sort of amendment, in a way. And
1: now a word from our sponsor. And now a word from our sponsor. And now a word from our sponsor. Previously on Chat of the Wild. But what we have to do is there are these seeds in these little holes that we have to put specific water on mm-hmm. to make them grow up and we get the mario uh sound effect for the vines going up yes. like it's what what exactly is the sound effect for mario that they use
0: can you guys just do that simultaneously again <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Well, we chat of the wild breaking down zelda and zelda like games Zelda-like one dungeon right, at a time wednesdays on the HyperX x podcast network For every episode of No More Whoppers that you listen to, we will send you a 25-cent coupon for participating Kroger's. How many Kroger's are participating? None, but you're still getting the coupon. And it's like 25 cents in nineteen eighty-five dollars Right, so today that's like... 28 cents. No More Whoppers, take that to the bank and smoke it. On the HyperX Podcast Network and nomorewhoppers.com. As a fan of podcasts, you've probably thought about starting one of your own. Introducing the new HyperX Duocast. The Duocast has all the essential features an aspiring podcaster would want from a USB microphone, with HyperX favourites like tap to mute and a vibrant mute indicator. It's compact, elegantly styled, perfect for situations where you want a mic that looks great, but isn't too extra. Check out the new HyperX Duocast, available at Target.com or even shop direct. Hey HyperX